everyone! Welcome back to Lorebeards. It's been a hot minute for a just a myriad of reasons. <laughs> we hope you're all doing well. Uh, and you, uh, we missed y'all. Hopefully y'all didn't miss us too much. Um, obviously, uh, you've probably seen me and Nathan around quite a bit recently with all the Total War Warhammer 3 stuff, which we'll, of course, be talking about today. Uh, but first things first, we need to kind of get things back on track which is to say that uh Nathan how you been it's been it's been a while it's been about a month yeah it's uh yeah it's uh, just over a month it's been uh well you know christmas and all that has been uh <laughs> okay so Fun. i need i need to get this on the record can you explain to me what exactly the long ritual is that Gibraltar goes through for christmas all right so um we're Iberian, so uh, we take from like the English type of Christmas, and we also take from the Spanish stuff. So we do all the usual stuff as from the beginning of December, and it lasts until uh, January 6th, which is uh, Reyes, which is uh, kind of going with the whole uh, Christianity thing when the free kings go to visit Jesus and give out gifts. So mm. we get double gifts. We get double gifts, which is fun. Well, not so much on the wallet, but uh, it's... It's just a lot of food. Uh, I've got a lot of Spanish family, so we do all that type of stuff constantly. Uh, it, it's great. I put on weight, though. I put on. Um, I put on like four kilos. <laughs> did you see those? Um, did you see those uh, legs of ham that I posted on uh, on Twitter a while back? I didn't. It sounds like it's better for my 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 <laughs> psyche if I don't. <laughs> Each leg was like uh, ten kilos, and I ate one by myself. Wow, you were get you were getting some of that ogre cosplay in early. Oh, I love it so much, man! Spanish ham straight from the bone is incredible. I, oh, I bet it is. <laughs> but it's just it's a lot of hectic stuff. But you know, it's uh, it only comes once a year, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So there was that, and then of course, uh, me and Nathan both had some uh, fun, just awesome medical stuff. Mm. Uh, I. Uh, officially found out that I developed a stomach ulcer, so I've been uh, on the mend from that, and it takes forever to heal, but now I'm at least getting medicated for it, um, mm -hmm. and no longer just like, why am I in perpetual agony? <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, what 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 do you have going on, good sir? I had uh, two issues, actually. I had uh, something with, my, um, with the wisdom teeth just constantly stabbing into me. Uh, it's just, they come out kind of weird for me. And then obviously, uh, last year, sorry, 2020, I had an accident at work where, um, well, I pretty much almost lost my arm and I'm finally starting to see doctors for it because right now everything's okay. So physiotherapy and so on, and some minor keyhole surgery, uh, I need to get my arm reset, but I've managed to get that pushed back because Warhammer free some priority. <laughs> wow. That is... <laughs> That is dedication right there. I don't need this well, arm. <laughs> I don't need it. I can, I, can, I can play the game fine. They're big embargoes. I'm in pain. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, this stuff, that like, when are we, when are we going to get a big embargo like this again? You know? Yeah. So it's like, I, I'd rather be in pain we, and cry a little bit we, after. We need, we need to fix your arm. But but I have revenue. <laughs> but, but this is, like, prime ad time. I can't, I can't, I can't do surgery right now. Exactly. Post the seventeenth, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just string me up in a cast that holds my hand over the keyboard. I'll, I'll, I'll manage. Um, <laughs> um. So, 
Uh, if you're wondering why Lorebeards hasn't been out for a while, that's why. <laughs> so, uh, thankfully, we're back now. Um, in any event, uh, as part of being back, uh, the first thing we're going to go ahead and get into today, uh, especially because there's a lot to talk about today, and we're, there's just no way we're going to get to everything, is uh, we're going to briefly uh, take a look at some pictures that people have sent us over Twitter using the hashtag Lorebeards for their various paint projects. Uh, a lot of people like to uh, show off their painting, and it's been a bit, so I don't even want to think about our backlog. But if we go into Twitter and we have uh, latest pulled up, then we are starting with Hanji. Uh, Hanji said, just in time for Lorebeards, as he says, has a Blood Bowl character named Helmet Wolf, who is a absolutely insane looking man with a giant gut and chainsaw. And hot damn. <laughs> That's cool. I love the mini, and I also love the paint job. That is really, really cool. Man, that, that dude's got some, like, he's, he's, he may have a gut, but he's also got, like, some, some work going in the back. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> it looks great, Hanji. I, the face came out actually stupid well. You actually painted a pupil on there, and it looks good. Pupils scare me. I don't paint pupils on my models. That's why I do scary glowing-eyed lizardmen or dead people that don't have eyes. Yeah, <laughs> So I can skip it. Helmets above face anytime for me. Damn, that looks great. Who do we have next up? We got Rowan the Accused with some beautiful custodies. What are these, Sisters of Silence, if I know my yeah. stuff correct? Sisters of Silence and, oh, I don't know what the standard troop are because he's got the uh, other custodies there, but those, those are really pretty. What? Is this GW paint? It's so shiny. This looks, well, I guess he's got GW paint. Well, it looks like he's got some other stuff behind him as well. Um, damn, these look really, really good. That, those, it's kind of like a white silver, which sounds like the most horrifying um, color to paint with <laughs> because we all know white is evil. And yeah. I, I can't imagine that a metallic makes it any better. <laughs> so great job. He's been uh, painting these for about a week or two. Oh, he says it's uh, it's Vallejo Gray Silver. Vallejo Silver. That is, that is really nice. It does. It's super clean. I also really like uh, the uh, basing he did as well. It's, it's, mm. it's interesting. This looks like, I'm assuming this is like after it's been done for a while, but it still looks like they're standing in mud. Like it's retained like a level of wetness to it. Mm. Looks great. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then going back in time a little bit here, we've got another picture from Hachi, and it's his Lord Croak, and it's the new Lord Croak model. I love this mini. I love this mini so much. Um, it, it's it's a shame that we didn't get this version of Croak in Total War because they obviously put him in the game long before this mini was, I think, even finished by GW. But um, hopefully, maybe we'll one day see it <laughs> brought to or updated in like a Total War AOS. But um, God, I love this mini, and it's got an excellent paint job. I actually really like the the uh, use of making the skink like pink because it just really adds a burst of color on a model that's very uh, can be very drab colors with like grays and um, greenish beige and just 
you know like green emerald stone and stuff so to help to help the feathers that skink being just a bright pink really helps bring a nice accent piece to it yeah it's it's really uh it does make it pop a lot yeah I, i'm i find it interesting he went with the version of lord croak that has the the mask off um it mm. looks good though like i i i'm so glad that when they redesigned croak they made him actual mummified instead of just a skeleton with bandages <laughs> mm. um he's like a genuine mummy now but yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i'm uh i have a painting buddy working on um this model for me uh, and i'm i'm very excited for when that project finishes oh I and we got another shot same mini from different angle oh that is very nice oh and also i i also do want to give a quick shout out and uh hello to uh rodrigo uh, obviously we haven't had pictures from him in a hot minute because uh, we haven't been doing Lorebeards in a hot minute, but he, he's done pictures for every single who would win and they're just they're just delightful. Oh, yeah. He, 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 every time he saw that art, it's just, oh, that's so cool. You know, like it just like it, it takes a lot of effort, especially because he does them quick, doesn't he? Yeah, he usually has them done in like a day. Um, not if, if he's listening, which I'm sure he is. Not that we expect that. Take your time, you know? You don't have to do it by any means. We are just delighted to see it, but I just wanted to give him a shout-out for that. Mm -hmm. um, that's at LordMagmian196 for anyone that wants to follow him on Twitter so you can see that excellent artwork. And uh, I, think, I think for today, we're going to go ahead... I know we have so many more pictures to go through in the future, but yeah. for right now, we're going to go ahead and call it on uh, pictures just because there's so much to go through and uh, we don't have infinite time. So yeah. uh, if you want your models to be displayed here on Lorebeards and listen to us randomly talk about it, uh, feel free to um, use that hashtag on Twitter. Uh, me and Nathan will be digging through our backlog of dis uh, Discord posts uh, for next week. All right, so... Uh, next, oh, uh, before we move on from Tale of Two Gamers, uh, Nathan, what should be the February paint project? If people are looking for a, you don't have to do the paint project, it's just that if you have, like, a massive pile of shit and you're like, I have no idea what to paint, it gives you, like, a, a, a point to focus for. So, uh, what I've been doing lately, uh, on permitting, is I've been actually, for the first time ever, working on New, New, New Year, New Army, um, I put a vote out on public Twitter, and then Baldemort decided to screw me over by uh, fudging the results. And oh, I, I am saw stuck. That. <laughs> yeah, I'm painting beast men. <laughs> Baldy, if you're listening, I love you, but I hate you too, right? <laughs> he helped make sure you got the best army, man. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so what I've been doing that is that. So if anyone wants to take part in like that type of stuff, I'm currently working on characters. So uh, I'm working on a war goal actually. Uh, it's using the one from the Beastgrave set of uh, Underworlds. Was it Beastgrave? Yes. Yeah, so I put him on a square because he just looks really cool. So if anyone wants to work on characters, you've got, what, uh, shall we say two weeks? Um, let, uh, we'll say mid-February. So yeah. two, two, to th two to three weeks, we'll play by ear. Cool. So characters, if anyone has any, and you all do, if, you've been, if you collect Warhammer, you definitely have characters hidden away. <laughs> yeah guilty um <laughs> all right so uh moving on from tale of two gamer stuff uh let's go ahead and just briefly touch on some tabletop news 
uh, because obviously the podcast, we cover all things related to Warhammer, um, even Age of Sigmar and 40K. We lightly brush on those in the midst of our fantasy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there has been quite a bit of um, news in the AOS sphere, uh, which we'll start with. Um, it hasn't been super busy uh, over the last month, thankfully. Uh, but of course, the Maggotkin of Nurgle book did release. Um, yeah. From all accounts and my own reading, uh, it's a pretty good book. Uh, obviously, there was a little disappointment that there wasn't much in the way new models. Uh, pretty much just got an alternate mini for the Rotbringer Sorcerer. But uh, the book itself is actually quite good. Uh, the Magikin rules were made a lot more interesting with their disease point system. There's a lot of strategy and tactics revolving around how you want to generate disease points and build your army around it. You can make some pretty filthy characters um, built up. And uh, a lot of their rules were just vastly improved, which is good because Magikin were the oldest book in the setting, um, which is now an honorific that goes to the Ideneth Deepkin. But of course, there's already been leaks about the new Ideneth book, so we know they're not long for uh, till their update. But... My favorite note about the Magikin book is that Kugoth Plaguefather's back. Um, Kugoth has been officially unsnapped, <laughs> un- unthanosnapped from uh, um, uh, the or- origin of AOS, where they, of course, they Games Workshop functionally replaced him with Rodigus Rainfather, uh, which I always thought was silly. Like they could have, you know, it would have been nice to have Kugoth as a background character, uh, yeah. but of course, Kugoth is now back as a background character which is great and i actually hope that this means we may see him eventually uh, appear on tabletop especially since creative assembly did such an amazing job bringing him to life um and he now has an appearance that games workshop could use as a basis for a mini um now do i think they're going to do that even remotely soon no but uh i i would actually be shocked if games workshop did not eventually do some kind of like legends of total war model release set even if it was like limited time or something where you could buy the characters from the models that are based on the characters from total war warhammer without um even if they're not like a major part of the narrative or stuff like that i mean they used to do that type of stuff with the older the older prints and so on uh like they did with uh, i think they called it legends too didn't they uh yes, Legends Warhammer Legends is the like anything that's not in print anymore. Like they'll occasionally bring stuff back, Blood Bowl teams, fantasy models, ancient 4K yeah. minis. Um, so I I would I would love to see them even do that with like new projects because it it has happened in the past though it was a long time ago when they released Age of Reckoning they actually released uh Grumlock and Gazbag who were completely unique to Age of Reckoning's storyline. Um, as a lord you could take for greenskins, which was awesome. Um, so I, I would I would love to see maybe Games Workshop consider taking a shot at some of those, even if they didn't, like, because even if they didn't have, like, crazy rules, there's no reason you couldn't just run Kugoth as, like, a generic great unclean one with just a really crazy good model. Um, same for a lot of those other characters. You know, I'm sure a lot of people would love to have, like, instead of just running a regular character on black dragon have an updated malekith on a black dragon mini um but but it might be more relevant to characters that won't be appearing in warhammer the old world so like a celestial a celestial deer model would be great that you could run in like the new 
um, Vampire Counts or in the Age uh, Age of Sigmar. Um, not Legion. What are they called now? <laughs> Soulblight Gravelords. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I was having a brain fart. Um, or even Nighthawk. Like, I would love Solostra as like an alternate mini for a Banshee. That'd be great. Um, well, if they, if they want to just like release it and say, look, in the future, you're getting them for Old World 2. So maybe magnetize or have one of those special bases that you could just plop on and plop off. Because I would love, say, for example, like the Kugath mini or uh, Nakari. You know, we never really had a miniature inter interpretation for both. That would be mm -hmm. great. And, and we need some proper demon enemies for Old World because Old World at that point... Still, Nakari was the big bad for Sinesh and so on, so it would yeah, just it was, be nice. It was pretty much all the same demons. <laughs> like, exactly. Um, so, that's pretty much it in the AO sphere. Um, tournament seasons are kind of starting back up. I've got a GT coming up next month that I'm very excited for. I was supposed to have a tournament yesterday, but we had a um, potential COVID exposure scare in my household. Um, um person that it was relevant to um got tested and is fine but um so turned out it was nothing but i didn't want to risk it um yeah i don't want to be the guy that gets my community sick <laughs> so um anyway uh more exciting news on that in the future but uh aos has been pretty tame over the last month however nathan what's been going on in the 40k sphere well, 40k has been given a big push from what we can see. Um, there's obviously the hints towards the Tau, which is big interest for me because obviously I'm a Tau player. Um, Railguns are <laughs> disgusting, which is great. I'm, I'm really, really happy that they're starting to give some attention to the Xenos factions, which desperately need it. I mean, it's the first time in over 20 years now that the Eldar are getting model updates. And the good thing is they're not drastic changes. They look like the originals, but they're just high def. You know, they've been given the piece, like the love they needed without making them something like completely different and so on. So that's actually really, really cool. It shows that they're interested. I mean, they're, they're starting to push on little different things. We're starting to notice a little focus towards the Death Corps Creek too, which hopefully will get a better change and not all be forge world you know that would be kind of nice but so far 40k looks to be having a good push i mean we've all kind of suffered aos and 40k has suffered because obviously the pandemic has put delays out everywhere even they acknowledged it too games workshop acknowledged that that was the reason why the dragons were coming out so late for age of sigma and so on but it's starting to see like everything's getting back to normal which is awesome if that means that my tower are going to come and be absolutely disgusting, then even better. Because uh, I want to play tourneys again, and I I, I I want to I want to make people cry, man. I want to make people cry. <laughs> Everyone knows that's the best part of tabletop is is destroying <laughs> your opponents emotionally as well as <laughs> points wise. Exactly. Um, yeah, I um. It's been it's been very exciting seeing 40k get so many great updates uh, from the Eldar range finally being updated. Uh, of course, uh, earlier this uh, last year we had like you know Necrons and Orcs and it's it's kind of crazy. Games Workshop is refreshing like pretty much every Xenos range. Um, I think yeah. Dark Eldar were the only one that didn't, but Del if I remember right, Dark Eldar got a pretty substantial amount of minis um, a few years back. Yeah, it's fairly new stuff, and they, they look good. They they have aged really well. The Dark Elder at least have aged. 
yeah so um that is exciting stuff and of course like you said tower coming down the pipe uh Tau have a very nice looking range to be honest uh but i think there are rumors that they may have some new minis as well or some updated sculpts um but Dark like strider got confirmed which is nice because he's a cool character he's like uh uh like a, he's he's a weird tau because he's more like a fuck you i'm not gonna do what you tell me type of t- character <laughs> which is very strange for the tau uh but like in general it just looks like they're gonna get nice and tasty uh, as long as this keeps on going it looks like games workshop are finally listening to the fans about updates and so on so if this keeps happening for all the settings i'm gonna be really happy yeah um i i'm definitely um hoping that we see that level of love given to some of the aos factions like i could really use some new minis for Ideneth and fire slayers who we know are kind of coming down the chute pretty soon um yeah. i haven't heard anything about new minis for them um other than like the new characters who are fun i, w- I don't know if i'd call them good but the, i will say the new Ideneth rules do look very nice um that two inch reach on all namardi that is huge like that makes namardi like genuinely amazing um not to mention the new hero that comes with them can buff them pretty big uh so it's gonna be interesting uh but like i think the biggest thing i would pay for right now as far as like just a slam dunk that i think the whole community needs is we need a skaven line refresh um skaven are hideous right now and not in a good way (laughs) they're just old like the only thing that looks good in the skaven range are the vermin lords like storm vermin are okay um and like a couple of the war machines aren't too bad uh like the play clock catapult and the warp lightning cannon are still pretty nice uh but like don't even get me started on plague monks don't even get me started on clan rats <laughs> don't even get me started on rattling guns or globadiers or <laughs> any of the other nightmarish stuff like they're so ugly as long as they still fit on 20s very important like give credit where credit's due they've been pretty consistent about everything that could feasibly be used in fantasy fits on a fantasy base yeah it's just i get a little worried because a lot of people have been like oh yeah they need to be a bit bigger like the storm bum is like no the storm bum are fine like at least you can have them looking nice on your circles but on squares they're already difficult enough to rank up i just get worried you know (laughs) yeah well i just i would like to see their style be um updated because like a lot of the the old especially like the old plague monks they're very squished onto the base um like vertically like they Mm. they remind me a lot of um of like the like old the old dwarf minis where they're just they're really like it really looks like someone put them in like a high gravity chamber and they just went (laughs) yeah um so I, I I would love to see them be a little more dynamic in appearance and get a vertical increase. Um, they don't mm. they don't need to be larger on the base necessarily, but just make them look like you know they actually want to be there, <laughs> like the way they feel right now. Mm. I'd like it if because uh, if it happens in AOS and it could happen in the old world. Uh, I, I've always wanted and it's always been in my wish list. Uh, clan rats with additional hand weapons. Always wanted that yeah i i mean it it would work just fine like i i could see why maybe in like the when they originally printed the minis they were like oh that's the plague monk thing but plague monks are so different now especially when you consider like oh they've got like frenzy and they're tougher and they do all this other stuff like it would be nice to see clan rats be a lot more dynamic as kind of your absolute base tier infantry 
um, yeah. with because Skaven slaves really aren't based here infantry. They're more of like just a meat shield. Um, but uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see clan rats have way more customization. I also really hope um, that they're. Uh, I would love to see them update the storm vermin mini to give it like a good sword and board option instead of just yeah. being pure halberd. Because like that's basically an accepted thing now is that we have storm vermin with sword and shield. And we have them in Vermintide, we have them in Total War Warhammer, don't have them in Tabletop. <laughs> yeah. We need them. It, it's a weird thing, and I, I get why they didn't do it, because obviously the Skaven had so much variety, but sometimes variety is a good thing, you know? Yes, sorry, I was taking a pill. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, anyway, like, honestly, Gaines Workshop seems to be doing good right now. Um, there have been very consistent and just not, it's not even a rumor. It's just, it's happening. We just don't know when yet, but yeah. games workshop is going to be releasing a statement sometime in the nearest future about fan content. Oh, um, they did. They, did. Uh, they haven't done it yet, but um, it, it's basically been all but a hundred percent confirmed that something has gone down at GW where they, apparently are creating a new team that's goal yeah. is to literally help people that make fan content and support them. So hopefully yeah. this means that games workshop is pulling a full 180 after the backlash, uh, from when they did their whole stupid bullshit with the copyright stuff and yeah. the community can feel a lot better and we can start getting artists back. We can start getting animators back. Um, like obviously I want Warhammer plus to do well, but I've always said this, Warhammer, Warhammer Plus should derive its success from being the best quality product, not by yeah. choking out everything else. Yeah. Um, so I read the financial report like I imagine you did because uh, I, I am invested in this company. You know, it's something that I pour hundreds of pounds into every year and so on. It's uh, I want them to succeed, but obviously not at the expense of the the love that the fans have. If this is a true 180 like they claim it to be in that report, I am nothing but supportive of them and I hope that they do this well. What would be great is if they work more with fans. Like, you know, if they, there's an animator who's really, really good, but he doesn't want to work directly for GW because maybe he is happy where he is and he does this as a side thing, then maybe work with him, have possibly a episode of his animation on Warhammer Plus as a way to cross-promote each other, show that you're supportive of the community. Remember back in the day where you used to pick up an army book and they used to show off fan creations and fan uh, fan kit bashes and so on? Yeah. That's what we need. That's what we need again. Yeah, we I would love that. We need a return to the old school. Just back a few years. It's literally just like eight years ago. Yeah, it would... It, I can't... Well, imagine how cool it would be if like once a month, or maybe once every few weeks, Games Workshop released a post that was like, cool things going on in the Warhammer sphere, and they did just little, like on their YouTube channel, it's literally just a play, a very fast play-by-play -play shout out of like, hey, this artist is really great. Hey, this animator did something really cool. Hey, this podcast is cool. Um, yeah. Like that would be so good for the community and it would just, it, it would just make them bank. Cause it's just, it's, they're like, hey, check out these free advertisers for us. Um. Hopefully they get their heads out of their butts and that's what they end up doing. Um, I, I see some people kind of mumbling about this in chat. So I just want to like shoot this in the foot now, just cause I could see this being a popular thing. I don't think you're ever going to see Alpha Brusa uh, return to uh, the old stuff because like 
he got to launch a show where now he owns 100% of everything, and it's just his thing now, and I can't imagine that he would want to uh, take away from that. Like, maybe he might do a little bit of TTS stuff, but I don't think it'll ever be his main focus again, now that he has his own show, because that would just be silly. Like, I imagine as a creative, he really loves working on something that's all his and his baby. See, I haven't, uh, I haven't kept up with what he's doing, mainly because like I've been in a bit of a media cave because, uh, well, you know, Christmas and so on. But um, I've, it's always boggled my mind that Games Workshop will, wait, will work with painters and with modelers and so on, but they don't do it with, like, say, for example, a law channel, a, a battle report channel or something. It'd be really cool if they got someone and just worked with them, done some community stuff, because if, if they've done it in the past, they can do it again. It's Especially, it's so important now, you can't shoot your community and then blame your community for it, too. Especially nowadays. Well, you can, it just, <laughs> it's just oh, not yeah. going to work out. Yeah. And th there's so many passionate people in the hobby, like you see them, people who work for GW and so on, and they love these fan animators and so on. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's the, the powers that be that make a silly decision, which they might not be very well versed with the hobby itself. Because if you own shares in a company, like a majority share or whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean that you know the company. It just means that you own it, you know? Well, yeah, and I'm like, and to be fair, that whole incident reeked of someone in like Games Workshop's legal department being like, hey, we have a loophole here. We need to close it um, instead of someone being like, hey, like, let's, you know, be smart about this. <laughs> yeah. Because it was not done well. I'm just happy that it looks like it's coming back and they're, they're looking like they're going to be responsible about it and they want to work with creators because look, all of us, and I'm not just speaking about myself and you and any others, you know, but we, we, we all love this hobby. You know, it's... A, I it, actually hate the hobby. No, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, you know, it's 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 our little world to to escape reality, escape the bullshit that we deal with on our normal work days or whatever. We want to escape. We want to go to a little fantasy world or a series of worlds and just enjoy it, you know? We don't want this fucking, like, yeah, no, no, no fans allowed type of bullshit. We yeah. want everyone to enjoy ourselves. Yep. Plus, like, I'll just admit I'm purely motivated by uh, just, just pure greed because there are, like, so many cool things that I want to see that this gets in the way of. And there's even like there's even people I love to invite onto Lorebeards to talk about like their history with Warhammer and passion of Warhammer. I know creators who are like, oh, I don't I don't talk about Warhammer now because of that incident because it like hurt yeah. some friends of mine that were artists and stuff like that. It's like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> like that sucks. Uh, so I would love to see this get rectified. But anyway, we got to move on. Uh, otherwise, we'll be here forever. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm gonna do something a little stupid this week. Um, which is that um, I didn't do the best job of making sure that I had a who would win scheduled up. So I don't have one queued up, which is why I'm going to kind of look over at chat, uh, your chat and my chat. Uh, though, if you could keep an eye on yours, that would be good. If anybody has a suggestion while we're talking about uh last little thing before we get into who would win, we're just going to take one live from the audience. So the first one, like me and Nathan are just going to be looking. If we see one that's like, oh, that one would be cool. Um, then we'll we'll do it. Um, but uh, uh, in any event, um, so uh, this is a huge jump back. And I meant to ask it earlier, but I guess now's a good time. 
How are you doing, Nathan? Are you are you all right? Are you better? Yeah, I'm good, man. I, I'm feeling a bit uh, tired because between physiotherapy, I'm trying to get back into the spring of things. I had a game of uh, Eighth Edition yesterday. Oh, uh, how'd that go? Did you win? Horrible, horrible. <laughs> I was playing Tomb Kings. <laughs> oh, I, I, ooh. I got hit by an ogre bus with two bruises and a tyrant. Were you, I'm, I'm guessing you weren't running like a thousand point Tomb Guard death bus. No, no, I, I went fluffy. <laughs> it was a bad time. I, <laughs> I, I went fluffy, and next thing I know, there's a big ogre bus with like like half of its points was literally just freaking additional hand weapons, two, oh my. Uh, two bruises, and a tyrant. Did, did he have the audacity to be like, I am technically also being, I'm being more <laughs> accurate, and just like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I, I got like, I got reamed. I tell you though, it was so fun because I never really give Doom Kings a shot. So I was like, you know what? I want to play them. I've got the army there. I've got half of them here because the other half is being sent to um, for some repainting. A friend of mine's doing that because obviously I'm busy with the Warhammer Free stuff. But like, I am so happy with with the Tomb King army just because they were bad, but they're as bad as I remember, so I still had a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they can be good. It's just, you have to, you have to, they're one of those armies that like, they're like beastmen, right? They're good yeah. if you build a very specific army list. Mm -hmm. um, or if you know you're gonna fight ogres in advance, just run like nothing but death lich priest and hope your level four gets purple sun. <laughs> and just throw it at him. <laughs> it um, was just insane. But, but yeah, uh, how are you being? I, I'm I'm good. Um, I had good days and bad days thanks to this stomach ulcer. Um, you know, I'll have a day where I just feel like I'm perpetually having the worst heartburn of my life, and I just kind of have to like endure it. Um, yeah. like uh, like I could take Tylenol. That's basically the only th which it works very nicely. Um, yeah. but most days are good. Um, I I have to take a med that basically is like I have to take it as soon as I wake up. And so that way I can just kind of hang around for an hour um, yeah. waiting for it to... Because you can't take it with anything. Because let me tell you, if there's anything in your stomach and you take that thing, it's going to clear it out. <laughs> You're not going to like it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I have to take that pill twice daily. And I'm going to be taking it for like three to four months. Um, because ulcers take a long time to develop, but they also take a long time to heal. Um, but I am feeling better and I'm glad I figured out what it was and, you know, moving on yeah. living life. Uh, so, okay. I, I see one that I like, uh, because this will tie into our total war Warhammer three discussion. Uh, yeah. and I, I think this will genuinely, um, be a funny one to ask. So I, I've got, I've got our, who would win for the week. So cool. what do you think about, and I'll, I'll do a preamble for chat, but what about the God Slayer? The new Total War Warhammer Demon Prince versus Bellacor, the first Demon Prince. So, customizable boy versus the OG, um, which has a quick kind of uh, like to get us up to speed. Uh, obviously, I can't go. I won't go super in depth on the backstory of the God Slayer because of uh, uh, embargo related things that y'all will see later on. However, yeah. uh, what we can say about the God Slayer, based on um, the content you have seen until Warhammer 3, obviously yeah. he is a man from... We know he's an Ungol prince from Kislev who betrays uh, his god. He renounces his god, shoots him in the heart, and believing that he's killed a god, and it seems the Dark Gods also believe that he killed him. 
uh, he is given demonhood as his reward. Uh, and he becomes the only other undivided demon prince in existence next to Bellacor himself in Warhammer Fantasy. Uh, obviously in 40k, that's not the case, but in Fantasy. Um, and uh, the God Slayer, from what we know about him, is a fairly powerful individual. Being a demon prince undivided is a huge deal. Um, yeah. Because it's not... Because to be an undivided warrior of chaos doesn't necessarily mean you have all the god support. In Archeon's case, it does. But in most of their case, it's more that they haven't picked a patron. Um, yeah. or they're And they're walking a very fine line. Um, but this guy is much more in Archeon's ballpark where it's that he has support from all of them. So, yeah. And not to mention that he actually has the ability to evolve, which is pretty cool. Um, he could yeah. genuinely mutate his form. Uh, in order to mix and match and wield the powers of the different gods. And for the sake of this matchup, uh, I'm going to say let's give him that ability and that before he goes into the matchup, he is able to basically rebuild himself uh, to make his design, to give him his best chances, uh, to give him a fighting chance. Because honestly, I think without it, he's absolutely boned. <laughs> so uh, let's assume that we've got our mix and match boy trying to optimize his body parts. Um, and abilities to go up against, of course, Bellacor, the OG, uh, who is uh, obviously a major feature in Total War Warhammer 3, as I'm sure all of y'all have seen the cinematics uh, that have been revealed so far, which basically kind of showcases him as the antagonist. Um, but Bellacor is the first of the Demon Princes. Um, he was the first ever mortal who ascended to demonhood. We don't know what he did. Uh, we don't know who he was. All we know is that he was some kind of mortal that did something horrible, uh, likely betrayed his people and did some other kind of nasty thing. And such were the atrocities he committed as a terrifying warlord in the name of the Dark Gods that they all were like, oh, this guy's awesome. And they elevated him. And then he basically pulled a sneaky trick where he went around. To, they summarize it very quickly until World Warhammer 3. But basically what Bellicor does is he sneaks around to each of the dark gods one at a time and he says hey i want to be your big guy like i want to be your champion i don't want to be the champion of the other three i want to be your champion um so um give me more power so that i can do that like give me all your everything you got and that god would go okay yeah 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 and would give him a ton of power and then of course he would immediately go run off to one of the other three and he did the same thing for all of them so he gets uh an immense amount of power. He's basically the fifth chaos god at this point. And then they lose the war <laughs> because Bellicor was so concerned about his own hubris and basically setting up his own nation in the old world being worshipped as a god that he wasn't paying attention and the elves use the vortex and all of a sudden Bellicor's like, uh-oh, <laughs> because all the demons start fading out of reality. Um, so Bellicor, uh, because the gods picked him as their ultimate, you know, ever-chosen essentially, and he failed, they got super pissed, and they, Zinch, they stripped away a lot of his power, and Zinch blasted him with the curse that made him into a shadow, uh, so that he could never interact with the world ever again. But of course, Bellicor, through the events of the Warhammer Fantasy timeline, eventually breaks free of that, um, and utilizes that shadow as a gift, becoming the, um, the Master of Shadows, um, and he actually becomes the most powerful shadow caster we know of in Warhammer Fantasy because he is literally, like, made out of it, essentially. And he has the ability to, like, uh, his sword, 
um, which I, I the Blade of Shadows, I think, uh, if I could, if if memory serves, um, Nathan will uh, look that up first in a sec. Um, but uh, his sword is very terrifying. Uh, it, it it is a living shadow. So as Bellacor is slashing at people, um, his blade has the ability to phase in and out of reality at will. So when Bellacor swings a sword at you. When your sword, if you try and block him with a shield, he can turn his sword into a shadow, so it phases right through your shield, and then once it's through your armor and in you, he turns it back to being a physical weapon, so now you're just impaled. Um, and he's very good at using that. Not to mention that he is a really big, scary demon prince. He hits like a truck. He can fly. Um, he's an incredibly gifted sorcerer. Um, easily the best shadow caster in fantasy. Um, and... Uh, is a pretty conniving, self-centered son of a bitch. Uh, but we love him. <laughs> so those are the characters. Um, so keep in mind that our champion, uh, the the uh, we'll call him Daniel, since that's what CA decided to call him. So the God Slayer, Daniel, uh, does have the ability to customize his bits. He can have uh, be wielding a lot of powerful gifts. He can have like the flies of Nurgle. He can have an axe of corn. He can have a brass collar to make him more immune to magic. Um, so there are a lot of options, but obviously he can't quite reach the, the pinnacle of super items that Bellicor has, but maybe he'll be able to make up through it through basically being Ben 10, uh, for those who know that reference. So, uh, a very unconventional matchup, but, uh, Nathan, what, what do you, what do you think? So, um, he's an interesting character. That's for, well, that's for sure. Well, both of them really are. Bellacor is someone that I've followed throughout multiple universes of Warhammer Fantasy, you know, Warhammer Fantasy, Warhammer in general. Uh, it's a bit of a strange thing because obviously the premise of the game puts him at a very big strength because the title of Godslayer is, um, you need to be quite strong for that, you know? Yeah, granted, granted. You know, he doesn't succeed at killing Urson. He just mortally yeah. wounds him. But still, mortally wounding a god is like, yeah. all right, <laughs> that's that's a pretty impressive feat. Bellacor, on the other hand, is able to uh, always kind of come back in a sense. You know, like he's been defeated a lot in law. Uh, you know, we've obviously got the first iteration when he tries when he becomes a demon prince and so on. And then Shadows of Albion, it's kind of his fault, too. But he's always very active. It, it's a toughie, mainly because we've only just started learning about Godslayer. Like, I hope that this means that we'll get some expansion towards this in the future. Because obviously Andy is known to do those little ebooks and so on. And a bit more context would work on the character. He's very strong, but I don't know. Maybe Bellacor could find a way. The thing is, you've got to go by... Bellacor could lose, but then he'll come back because he's that spiteful and try again and again and again. He's Team Rocket, isn't he? Right, but for who wins, it's it's like, who gets the first kill? Uh, yeah. So, like, if Bellacor, like, gets destroyed, like, yeah, he'd come back. He always does. But he would still lose from a who would win perspective. So he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't get to pull his I have plot armor as the main villain always come back shtick. Can Godslayer switch around? Just or just no. Once. He he gets to he gets to basically like design. He he's like Batman. He gets prep time, but once he's in the fight, whatever he's got, that's all he's got. Oh man, thing is, I don't know, man. I I I'd see possibly Bellacor is the strongest. 
Like, obviously with the whole Blade of Shadows thing, it kind of puts him at a really good uh, position. It's, it's a very, very powerful weapon. It, it's really tough because I, I'll be very honest with everyone in chat. When, when it got revealed to us, it's like, oh yeah, you're getting another Undivided Demon Prince. It's like, oh, this is, uh, this is confusing. <laughs> yeah, our, our, me and Nathan's first reaction was kind of like, like the the if we had a lore vein here, it would have started pulsing, and we were kind of like, <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> it's just it's it's. I'm gonna have to go with Bellacore because he was the first son, but it, it's still like until we can know more about the character, I'm like really at a. It's literally a fifty fifty. Like any, it, it it could be down to a dice roll in a sense. You know, that's fair. And, and, you know, one thing I will say is that obviously the God Slayer has a lot of different specs he could do. Um, and he, he uh, being a demon prince, is likely quite familiar with Bellacore. Um, and, uh, but I will say, um, one thing about Bellacore <clears throat> that is worth noting in his favor is that Bellacore has two advantages that I think are important to observe. Which is that, one, Bellacore only has a very set uh, limit of powers... Um, which means he's not as, like, able to adjust any scenario, so to speak, as the uh, God Slayer could be. But he is a complete master of what he's able to do. Whereas the God Slayer, as someone that's constantly shifting around and like getting new limbs, new weapons, new powers, is going to be someone that's basically always being thrust into being a kind of like a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type situation. Um... And the other thing is that Bellicor is, in every scenario, a vastly superior wizard, in my opinion, to anything the Godslayer could do. Just due yeah. to the fact that the Godslayer is so young. Um, like, he is a demon prince that has been around for, like, less than a year. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, or a few years at best. <clears throat> Whereas Bellicor has been around for nearly, like... Uh, I think somewhere in the ballpark of ten thousand years, or uh, nah, probably more like probably more like six or seven thousand years. Uh, yeah, but he's wondering, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, he's been around. Oh no, well he he came around during the cataclysm. Um, right, right. So when chaos first popped into the world, Bellicor was pretty quickly afterwards. But I think the cataclysm was like like I think Bellicor the cataclysm was fifty six hundred years before the foundation of the empire. So Bellicor's been around for like roughly eight thousand years. But um, this, uh, so I, Bellicor brings in a lot more experience. He is a master of what abilities he does have. The abilities he have are very unique. You know, Godslayer isn't going to be able to do a Blade of Shadows trick or turn himself into Shadow to dodge attacks like Bellicor can. And Bellicor is going to have him owned in the magic game unless the Godslayer were to spec hard magic. But if he did that, he also would probably be suffering a lot on the physical side of things. Uh, because whenever you play as the God Slayer, you're dealing with trade-offs of, do I want to have, like, more health? Well, then I'm probably going to deal less damage and not have as much magic. Do I want more magic? Like, do you want a defensive build, a support build, an offensive build? Um, so uh, I, I think if the God Slayer were to spec too hard into magic to try and just match Bellacor's magic, he would just get his ass kicked in a physical yeah. duel. Um, so, uh, usually I like to go contrarian, but I honestly think for this one, I'm going to go with you. I think, I, I think Bellacor is going to win just because the God Slayer is just too much of the young kid on the block. Yeah. Um, while he does have, 
While the God Slayer does have the ability to adjust himself to any scenario, he can't do it in the midst of a battle. He can only do it preparing for a battle. Um, and because of that, I think even though he could make a very powerful design, like even if he was to go like say full corn, for instance, so at least he's got spell resistance and he's going to be like an absolute powerhouse. Um, he still would probably be lacking much in the way of, uh, tactical abilities. Um, and you have to remember that just because you can make yourself resistant to magic doesn't mean you're taking magic out of the game. Bellacor can use his magic to buff himself. Um, and he could also use magic to like infect the uh, affect the environment uh, to do things to mess with the God Slayer. Because uh, you might think, well, oh, the God Slayer is full cornate. He's got a brass collar. What's Bellacor going to do? And Bellacor goes, ha ha, uh, Occam's Mind Razor. <laughs> it just like cuts him in half. So um, that's um, uh, that that's that's my thoughts on it. Uh, I don't know if you did a poll. We, d we did on my chat. Uh, yeah. And uh, mine came out 84% in favor of Bellacor. I've got 69% A in favor of Bellacor. Hey! Nice. So, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing because obviously uh, a question like that is for a character that we basically know nothing about at the moment is very, very difficult, even by a law standing. Like, uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around him properly, you know? Yeah. So I guess that would make a nice segue. Uh, let's talk about the God Slayer um, yeah. a bit. Um, and like I said earlier in the, the, the who would win section, we can't go into his backstory um, because that is reveal that it's talked about a lot in the game and y'all will see it um, yeah. when the time is right. Um, but it's not time yet. And here in Lorebeards, at least when it comes to Creative Assembly, we respect embargoes. Games Workshop, not so much, but Creative Assembly, absolutely. <laughs> um, but um, <clears throat> the... Um, the God Slayer is a pretty interesting uh, thing. It, it is a little hilarious that he's technically the Ungol character. Um, poor Ungols. <laughs> Getting demonized, literally. <laughs> but, um, hey, hey. Awesome to see that Ungols are talked about in the game. Once again, yeah. you can't go into specifics because the Kislev embargo hasn't dropped yet. But for those people who are huge fans of the Ungols and were scared based on the roster... Don't worry about it. There's lots of Ungol stuff that's talked about. I imagine there'll be a major DLC later in the future. But um, so the God Slayer, what we what we can tell you about him is based on what you know, is that was a Kislevite, was an Ungol Prince, was in the Chaos Wastes for some reason, finds his way somehow to Ursin's uh, prison in the Forge of Souls. But instead of saving him, he shoots him. Um, and then he gets turned into a Demon Prince and now um, he is basically going what Bellacor went through. Um, he he's basically like if you you know the Spider-Man meme where it's the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. That's basically Bellacor and the God Slayer, but the God Slayer is a much much younger Bellacor. So he's Bellacor before he's gotten that sense of like self superiority. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't have the ego yet. Um, now you can build him the ego, but I think what's interesting about the God Slayer is obviously like from just a pure gameplay perspective, what, what a, what an incredible achievement for creative assembly to create that character, um, yeah. who can literally be customized with like, I think it's like 3 billion different combos, um, something like that? uh, which is so great. And like, he's, he's a perfect player insert character. 
because there's no character in Warhammer Fantasy that could have more customization than a Demon Prince. Um, that is like top tier character customization. So what a perfect character for that. Um, but um, the the thing that's really interesting about him for me um, is that so we talked about a little bit how in Bellicor's story, Bellicor basically ran around to each of the dark gods and like kept getting more and more and more from them, playing them off one another, but kept his status as undivided. Bellicor didn't want to dedicate himself to any of the four powers. He wanted to be his own power. He was just tricking the gods. The God Slayer can do that. You can go up the undivided route. Um, however, you can also actually pick a campaign or a, a god you can actually choose a path where your character goes you know what now that i've like been in this chaos situation i sympathize with and am dedicated to this particular power which is a really cool thing like that's honestly my favorite thing about the character the undivided aspect is is genuinely the only part that threw me and nathan for a loop and it, the only reason it threw us for a loop for those curious is because in um seventh edition warhammer fantasy they made a shift where prior to 7th edition, there were other undivided demon princes. But in 7th edition, they retconned it where that was no longer the case. Bellicor's whole thing was that he's the only undivided demon prince because after the Dark Gods created him, they realized that they poured too much of their power into an entity that couldn't be trusted because obviously he betrayed all of them. Um, so they decided they would never do that ever again. And they would only create demon princes dedicated to them instead of creating a potential threat, um, which helped Bellacor stand out a lot more, um, which I think is why me and Nathan kind of had the initial knee jerk when we saw it. Um, and that remained consistent all the way through the end times uh, after yeah. eighth edition was that Bellacor is the only ever seen undivided demon prince. Um, and even in age of Sigmar, I believe he's the only undivided demon prince still. Um, but the God Slayer is an interesting exception because there has never been a mortal whose like application was, hey, I killed a god and a strong one. Like it wasn't like he like offed like um <laughs> like one of the halfling gods. Like he shoots Urson, <laughs> who's like one of yeah. the primary powers that frustrates the dark gods. Granted, um, he mortally wounds him. He doesn't kill him. Because when we watched the God Slayer intro, we realized that he thought he killed Urson. Um, yeah. And it's likely the Dark Gods also did. Because being a demon prince, um, we know that Urson is kept in the Forge of Souls, which is the one place all the Dark Gods can't go. Because it's like a neutral um, territory. Which is why Bellacor yeah. hides there. So they don't. They didn't know Urson was there. Um, and neither did he. So in their view, they just see, oh, this guy killed a god? I need him on my team. So maybe he can kill my damn brothers. Um, so now we have this new undivided demon prince. Um, but, you know, you choose his destiny, which thank God, because if he was just pure undivided, then obviously he would have just been like a really lame Bellicor. Yeah. Um, so with all that in mind, I've, I've been rambling. Uh, Nathan, what, 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 how do you feel? We honestly haven't had too much time to talk about this just because we've been so busy with the game. How do you feel about it now, looking back? Yeah, so uh, obviously we've been able to play a certain amount of time, So, and obviously this is going with the confines of our embargoes and so on. Uh, it's interesting. 
it's it's very very interesting. Everyone was kind of hoping for a demons of chaos undivided any fray. Like if you remember the forums, it was always arguments between mono god and undivided. So everyone's got their cake now and they can eat it too because you've got all the different types of playstyle. You can go mm-hmm. yeah. full undivided. You've got all of it, or you can go singular. Then you've also got all the different mono god factions. They um, they've done something to make sure that everyone's happy. I think so. It, it's it's different it's interesting i'm still trying to wrap my head around the character and i I, i've been like um i did ask um andy when i had the uh the interview with uh with myself and janet on occasion uh it's like why was this and they went it's like oh it's cool factor and then i've got to realize it's like yeah sometimes they just got to go with rule of cool it makes sense rather than just let's think of a convoluted reason as to why this would exist because it's still Warhammer, you know, like uh, none, none, none of this stuff actually makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that's kind of a strength of the setting is that it does have a, it, it does have a lot of like hand wavy, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, bits, um, which is not everyone's cup of tea, but there, there are times when it can be really important to do that. Yeah. I, I think, um, I admire Creative Assembly for thinking outside of the box. Come on, like, uh, I've been playing Total War games since uh, Rome 1. Rome 1. God, I'm feeling so old every time I say that. <laughs> and it's like, they, they are trying new things. We've never had something this in depth. So it's obviously something that's to be, uh, like, obviously, like, I'm, I'm trying to make sure, because obviously I don't want to say something that goes against the embargoes and so on at the moment. This is the weird thing about doing these podcasts at this point. But uh, yeah, um, we're, we're stuck. At, we're right in the middle of it. Aye, but I, I think it's, uh, it, I think it's interesting, more to say the least. I think it's, uh, you can tell Sierra going full ham. I admire that. I admire you just go, go full ham. See how much what you can do. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with you that this is definitely one of the cases where the rule of cool in in and of itself is a perfectly fine justification uh and works great because it's very cool um uh but i i also think that um once the community uh has the opportunity to see the character's backstory i i honestly think they did a reasonably good job justifying the very unique circumstances of his demonhood Mm. um because it is very fast (laughs) like he he literally wins the like for most people, becoming a demon prince is like a centuries-long marathon, but he pulled a Bellacor. He found a way to, like... Because I, I imagine Bellacor was the exact same way, being the yeah. first ever mortal that, like, sold his soul to the Dark Powers and became a demon prince. They were very new gods at that point. You know, they were baby yeah. gods, and they had never seen that before. And so I imagine that he went, like... he, You know, he was speed racing, becoming a demon prince, and... This the God Slayer did the exact same thing. <laughs> He's you know he was he was speed running for, for charity. <laughs> it's important for people to know because obviously a lot of people who uh, are watching these streams and so on, uh, they've probably uh, we've got a lot of tabletop guys and a lot of law guys, but a lot of people are just no total war and they're just learning about Warhammer. But like say for example, like you said, uh, this was very fast. Whereas say Archaon the Ever Chosen, he was born shortly after the whole Asabar Kul thing, so he's a few hundred years old, this god, uh, sorry, this uh, this demon prince uh, would not be that old, in a sense. No, like, not by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. Like, dude's like a baby by chaos standards. 
Yeah. It's like he's 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 like less than 50 years old. Dude, dude is young. <laughs> yeah, because when you see that, you have to be someone who is quite powerful of will, I'd say, more or less, to be able to get a blessing at that age. Yeah, well, not to mention, like, luck, frankly. Like, oh, a yeah. lot of luck, which uh, works out in his favor. Um, but, uh, so... Talking about the actual game, how how have you? Uh, obviously, we can't give anything that could be suggested as a review. So, for yeah. anyone listening, please don't take any of this as a review in context. Like, we're not going to be saying like it's a whatever out of ten or um, giving like crit- critical feedback or anything like that. We're just going to talk about if we've been enjoying it because uh, that's as specific as we're allowed to get. So, uh, how have you been enjoying your time with Total War Warhammer Three? been enjoying it it's uh obviously a lot of us have been waiting for demons for a long time i i played demons uh in tabletop i played demons in 40k too so i, I was just waiting for demons here it's one of those factions which i knew was going to be one of the last that we'll ever see but at this point it was like oh yeah you know this is cool um i surprisingly did not go for a sinesh build with uh demon prince i am um, really I, which, I one, of, which one were you kind of drawn to zinch funny enough really yeah like uh i I told um i remember i was telling josh the uh the influencer manager for those who are unaware of him uh like i was like yeah i didn't go suneshi with with godslayer it's like oh wow that's surprising it's like yeah yeah it is surprising (laughs) um yeah i uh our when i streamed um the godslayer i was trying to go undivided but i felt Mm -hmm. myself constantly being drawn to um nurgle and corn um because of the I just like I just like pretty numbers. <laughs> I just like to watch numbers go up. Um and I I really like being tanky. Like mm. my thing is I I love a character when they're able to just have like tons of health and tons of armor, uh tons of melee defense and that's that's just what Nurgle is. <laughs> so uh like I was doing my best to try and keep the character with at least one part from every god or to have more undivided parts. But it was really hard for me not to be running um, Nurgle bits uh, yeah. on my demon, and um, but um, I'm I'm so happy we got a, a genuine Demons of Chaos faction. Yeah. Um, I I hope one day um, in the future in like a possible future we can get Bellicor added onto it. Uh, but I I'm so glad the faction itself is there. Um, yeah. Though it's it's hilariously like OP and single player and multiplayer, they actually toned it down to be just the demons of actual demons. So it's like it's pure demon in custom battle multiplayer uh, with it doesn't even have exalted greater demons like you have to have a demon prince and then it's just demons. Whereas yeah. in single player, you have all of the rosters and all of the major mechanics of the other gods, but they actually do balance it nicely because you don't have a tech tree. Uh, you actually do not have any tech whatsoever. Uh, all every all of your abilities literally come from that you're kind of just um, getting God uh, the the powers of all the other gods. But you, you like your units don't really get better over the course of the campaign, and you're not able to enhance your abilities like you would as a mono god. Um, so they actually struck a really nice balance. Uh, but I love that I could play an army like demons on tabletop which I consider proper demons of chaos and that like, Oh, I've got plague bearers backed up by um, seekers of Slanesh backed up by soul grinders, yada, yada. 
Uh, and I know for me, when I'm playing that faction, I'm going to be that nerd that, like, I refuse to run any mortal units. Like, even though they're they're allowed in the faction in single player, I'm like, nope, nope, I'm a, I'm a purist. There has to be demons. <laughs> demons only. <laughs> it's, a, it's a club. It's been uh, fairly different, like, when you factor in the mortals, especially when some of the mortals are quite strong. Um, like, for example, obviously, we, we, we've been able to show off corn now, so we can talk about corn. Um... When it came to it, I was like, oh, why am I going to need Warriors of Corn? And then I realized, just like, wow, they, they, they're kind of tanky, you know? And Yeah, uh, they're your only armor. <laughs> like, yeah. It's the only armor in your entire faction. And I'm glad that they gave a proper use to the cultists. Uh, so they, the cultists of Corn could summon in some blood letters. Yeah, I really like the cultist hero. Yeah, because um, I thought it was going to be useless. I honestly did. No, I, I was in the same boat. Like when I, uh, I was playing, a, I played a Scarbrand campaign on stream. And I, I didn't think about getting a cultist. I was like, oh, I'll just hire him and like send him out to give me corruption in a lot of places. I looked at his skill tree and I was like, he could summon a bloodthirster? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it, it does make it a bit more useful. I was talking to, uh, funny enough, to Damders uh, today because he wasn't too sure about them. I was like, no, no, no. I've, they, they, look, they're melee based. They, they, he can do quite decent damage because stat wise, they're all right. I was like, and being able to summon in some extra support, especially when, say, for example, you're fighting inside the realm of chaos. You want a little bit of extra summons to help you push yourself through it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I'm definitely excited to check out the other cultists um, when we're able to live on stream. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, that's, mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so, okay. I, I see this being talked about in chat, so I, I will address it just because CA did put out an official statement uh, on their Discord and such. So, um, w we will note that B Bellacor is in the game, and you are able to get him by beating the campaign. But he's not a legendary lord. He's just a... He's a... He's, yeah, he's he's like a... He's, he's like a bonus lord you get after you beat the campaign. So, you he doesn't have a standalone campaign... Um, that we're aware of, um, which we would be aware of it by this point, I would hope. Um, and you don't like, and you don't unlock him for future campaigns. Um, you can get him only in campaign after you beat it, and then he just joins you as a lord, regardless of who you're playing. So, like, if you're playing Kislev, you can have Belakor. If you're playing Cathay, you can have Belakor. Um, after you beat the campaign, uh, I do think they note that you get him in like custom battles and stuff once you've beaten the game, um, but he does not have a standalone campaign. Yes, it's weird, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> We're not going to go super hard into it because we'll talk about it at a later date. Yeah, plus, uh, like, you know, I, uh, there's a few people who are like, oh, this is weird, this is weird. There's a few things that are kind of weird with the game and all that, you know, uh, but it's just give it time, I guess. Yeah, never and know. we'll note that, like, obviously we can't show y'all everything yet and can't get super into detail, but the storyline revolves very heavily around Bellacor, and it's it's clear that Bellacor would not work as a playable entity in that campaign. Um, if we're lucky, maybe we'll see his role expanded in a future date. So, uh... Whilst we move on, obviously we've been able to we, we've been able to showcase uh, 
demon boy. Uh, let's talk about corn a little bit because uh, I was kind of surprised. In I, what way? I thought corn would be boring. Yeah, yeah, right. I know because <laughs> Scarbrand. Scarbrand's fun. He is yeah. super, super fun. Like, I, 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 I kind of, like, I must admit, prior to uh, showcasing it, I shat on corn a lot. I, mean, I even got called out on Reddit for it, too. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I must admit, he's a bit more fun than I expected. Uh, very, I, I, I was always kind of like, how are they going to interpret a melee faction with no magic and do it well without being the most tedious thing ever, you know? And it looks like they've done something good for that. It looks like, because uh, I, I did the showcase, he does damage. I think Legend did uh, this is Total War on it too. Uh, yeah, I know I know. Legend um, has been saying that Scarbrand, I, I think he put out a video that basically is like, Scarbrand is like the most overpowered character in the game, or uh, his faction is, uh, at least so far. Um, but uh, like he's he's just fun. Like corn is just fun. Um, mm. I, I and I think they did a surprisingly good job balancing it. Like, cause a, a lot of people, like, it's not a secret. A lot of people were like, "How is corn gonna be like even remotely playable without magic or like basically any shooting?" Like, he has one shooting unit, which is the skull cannons, and they have very limited inf ammo until they, but they can recharge it by fighting in melee. Um, so like, what? How the hell is this gonna work? And the answer is surprisingly well. Um, because the thing about Korn is that he's fast. Like, he's not, he's not fast like Slanesh. Slanesh has a different kind of fast. Where mm -hmm. Slanesh is, like, more, like, legit speed. Um, Korn, the thing that's scary about Korn when you're fighting him is that, yeah, he takes a lot of damage, um, as, like, he's approaching. But when he gets close, I think his charge speed as, like, a faction is, like, the highest in the game. Of that, once that charge animation starts, they are so fast. <laughs> they are terrifyingly fast. Their mm. mass tends to be really big. Like, they will just bowl you over as they come in. And the other thing is that all of the demon units have this amazing ability. Where the more kills they get, the stronger they get, in a sense. Um, like, I think it's for the all of the bloodletter stuff. So, like, bloodletters, blood crushers. And the don't get it. Standard ones, uh, standard blood letters don't get it. Okay, so it's, yeah, so the exalted and the blood crushers, I think it's mm. like once they get 60 kills, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80 kills. kills, they get a huge buff. And mm. of course, Scarbrand, once you get his axes, slaughter, and carnage, he gets 1% extra damage for every kill up to 100 kills, which he will get hilariously fast. Um, and like he's he's a juggernaut. He just does an obscene amount of damage. Um, and, like, we're not even talking about, like, the really hilarious shit you could pull in campaign. Um, when you get into um, uh, the realm of corn, you can find some weapons there that are kind of hilarious. But yeah. um, they, they've done a very good job. Like, Scarbrain or corn uh, is a very aggressive faction. It's got some of the best cavalry in the game because they have two different forms of elite cav between the skull crushers and the blood crushers. Um, not to mention that bloodthirsters flying makes them hilariously mobile. Um, yeah. Especially for a unit that like 
any other flyer in the game is going to get its ass kicked by a bloodthirster if it's not supported like you could say oh well like i'll just take a star dragon yeah dude the star dragon is going to get its ass handed to it <laughs> by that bloodthirster if you don't help it if you know how to play aggressively with multiple lords because i did this within the uh within the turn limits uh because you obviously get more growth as you do more damage, right? With the two, mm -hmm. uh, with your lords. You can get them very early on if you're just hyper aggressive. Just have like two, sometimes three, because I did that within the 50 turns. Just getting the um, the three lords, so Scarbrand and two heralds, and just go out there and just do damage. You can level up your bases super, super quick and then just get bloodthirsters. It is... It is really fast if you're aggressive. And they've tailored it to be aggressive. And, and yeah, and that's the thing, is that Scarbrand is a perfectly designed faction. If you understand Korn's playstyle of that. And I personally I did it wrong, but I, I still found a way to do it that was very, very enjoyable. Where you don't really want to doom stack with Korn. It's more about having as many armies as you can that are manageable. Um, because the more growth because that's the thing, is that Corns, the thing they did that's so clever is that every Cornate army provides faction-wide buffs to your empire. So it's a flip on typical Total War Warhammer armies, where normally you are building infrastructure to support your empire, and then you have armies that are there to defend it or, like, expand it. Corn is different. Corn is, I have armies to give me infrastructure <laughs> because your armies are what are giving you upkeep reduction, growth, healing, campaign movement. Like, normally that's stuff you get from, like, oh, I'm going to do a commandment or a building. Korn does not have a single growth building in his yeah. entire faction. He doesn't... I don't even think he has any growth techs. Um, but if your army is just fighting, 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 you're going to have just the most growth out of anybody in the universe because, um, like, I think each army gives, like, if it's at max, I think it's like 80 to 100 growth. Something like that, Faction yeah. wide, which is obscene. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that is so, like, three armies. So that's like 240 growth to every single province on the map that you mm -hmm. control. Like, damn, son. <laughs> that's a lot of growth. And uh, especially, because uh, Skullbrand can do it. What I've done, uh, which is in, within the turn constraints... I, I plopped him in areas where settlements are kind of close, and obviously, you know, Scarbrand can keep moving. It's uh, you can get that pretty fast if you do if you uh, plan your teleportation early. Yeah, and and I I think Nathan also did a really good job of explaining honestly what makes Scarbrand so strong is that I, I think a lot of people, if you do what I did, you're going to struggle at first until you kind of get the hang of it. Which is Scarbrand is not Tarix. Tarix yeah. is a Doomstack faction. Where you build, you're really supposed to build one army, make it as obscenely powerful as stop as possible, and it literally just jugger, it just bulldozes through the campaign map, and you can win the, and that's how you win the campaign. Is you make one really powerful army. If you want, you can make more, but you don't need to. You just make Tarix like hilariously strong, make his movement basically infinite, and he just runs around smashing everything. That's not how Corn works. Corn is more of you want legions going out. You want multiple armies, as many armies as you can, fighting as much as possible. It doesn't matter what they're fighting for. You don't need to take settlements. You don't need to, like, 
have an objective, really. You just need to run around and smash with as many armies as possible because that's how you're getting all your campaign buffs to make your empire build up as much as possible. Um, we also should note this is made possible because, thank God, supply lines was drastically overhauled. And now it's like a single percentage per new army instead of like 30 or like 20% per new army, which was horrible. Yeah. Especially like for like, hopefully um, we'll get to see like a combined map one day in like the coming future. Like I'm, I'm not expecting to see it for many months, but yeah. um, like if they're going to do hopefully the whole planet, which they should, please CA do it. Um, like, please, God, give us the whole map. Don't don't cheap skate us like you did with the Mortal Empires. No offense to Mortal Empires, it's great, but like, come on. Yeah. I need Western Nagaroth and Lustria. I need Southern Lustria. I need I need the whole package. But poor um, Skull. yeah, that's poor Skull. yeah, poor 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 anyone in Lustria. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, just everyone in Lustria just like is like like we took eight kids and told them to share a single bunk bed. Mm. <laughs> but uh um <laughs> um it it's it's very very nice um hmm. it, and with the planet probably hopefully going to be the whole planet like you're going to need supply lines to not be horrific because that's like that's so much territory to deal with um yeah i need this game to be obscene i i need yeah. it i need it I, I want them to release the map like show us the map and for for everyone's reaction to be like I don't think my PC can handle that. Like, that's how big it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, one thing before we move on to the third faction, because we did show off Grand Cafe. Uh, I've got a question to you regarding the Lord options. What did you end up preferring? I'm assuming you've recruited a few, either Heralds or Exalted Bloodthirsters. Um, I, I'm kind of like a variety person more often than not. So, like, I would... The first general I would recruit after Scarbrand, I would keep him as a herald because I just like having different styles of armies. Um, and I also like kind of building him more as a support character, especially like once you get him, uh, you know, if you get him up on like a blood throne or build him up like for a juggernaut themed army. But I like, I am not someone that likes to run optimal builds. I like to run like thematic builds. And so for me, I keep him as a herald. Um, like if it was like my second generic Lord or my third, then I would upgrade him to an exalted bloodthirster. Um, I do think the exalted bloodthirsters are super duper fun. Um, but I, I prefer like how the Herald is a distinct experience. And he has I've, some very nice uh, buffs. I've gone with both, but I've kind of liked playing around mostly with Heralds. Like I've got a full blood crusher army, uh, with a Herald on a juggernaut. Cause you know, and uh, yeah, one just... on a blood throne with loads of other blood thrones, and I've called the army the Hell's Angels because, <laughs> you know, dude, the the motorcycle animations are hilarious. Yeah, like, where like their charge animation, they could have just done it where it just charges in, but no, when they charge, they like spin the wheel so it does the three sixty spin. It, like it's so funny, it's so good. Uh, how do you become a... okay? So for anyone that hasn't seen it yet, uh, uh I believe it's level fifteen the herald will get a dilemma and if you choose the there's an option you can pick that evolves them into a new greater demon which rolls them back a few levels too so i believe if you're 15 you roll back to rank 7 
Yeah, rank Somewhere. seven. Yeah, so so you get yeah. you, it it knocks your level down a little bit, but you're a greater demon now, so you know whatever. Yeah, and they're quite powerful, so like the rank down isn't an issue, but um, obviously that can be a bit uh, because they still have you still need to level them to rank twenty to get them the immortality trait. By the way, like even the exalted demons. Yeah, so it's so, spooky. Be careful, because uh, I made that mistake. <laughs> yeah, so so I guess by that you functionally need to get them to level so fifteen, twenty, and then back down to. You Seven. need to, you need to essentially get them to level twenty eight if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna have an immortal exalted greater demon. Yeah, it, it's uh, they they are powerful. Like even with going down levels, keep in mind that you will have to redo all your skill points. But, like, uh, they are functionally very powerful. The Exalted Bloodthirster, I, I've, I, I, I've seen it do some, some good hits. Oh, yeah. And, and man, can I, can I, I just have to give CA props for the cleverness of using, like, Exalteds um, as a system. Like, we were all so curious and honestly concerned about how they were going to handle Greater Demons. Um, because that was, like, one of the worst things about Tabletop was that if you wanted to run like a really big demon army, you really couldn't have that many greater demons unless you were playing just really big points because they were only your lord choice. Yeah. Um, I I think it was so clever of them to go to the storm of magic and be like, hey, let's use these exalteds, and then even more clever to use that as an excuse to use the different Age of Sigmar variants, um, with the exception of Zinch, where they were even more clever. By making the Sartorial design, which is the old design, into the regular Lord of Change, and then the Age of Sigmar design is the Exalted, which, like, ah, oh, that's brilliant. That's that's such a masterpiece on how to utilize and recycle assets. It's, uh, I got thrown off because obviously Exalted Demons, uh, we had them in lore, we've got them in Forge World, but they're kind of different, but still the same. Well, mind you, the Sanashi one isn't because we don't have the, uh, the one from Forge World. But uh, it's a weird concept, but I ended up liking it. It's just, obviously, a lot of people seem, uh, and this is something that a lot of people seem to think for some reason, they think that we know all that's coming really, really early, and it's not the case. So a lot of this stuff confuses us, you know? Like, as, uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like, I think a general rule of thumb that I like to try and tell people is that, like, by the if if it is like actual gameplay, like hands-on, we will at best usually have it like two weeks. Yeah. Before y'all. Uh this is obviously an exception because it's a big main title release as opposed to just like a DLC or something. Um, but uh like when it comes to like actually finding stuff out, like learning information, generally we learn at the exact same time you guys do. Um like announcements we usually find out the day y'all find out or maybe like the day before at best they'll be like hey heads up something's coming out tomorrow and that's like it that's all we get yeah um like we don't like what dlc is going to be the first uh, i don't know and but second oh, of all blah, 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 we, blah, blah. yeah second <laughs> of all if we did know we wouldn't tell you yeah. <laughs> but yeah oh yeah it's probably blood for the blood god that's blood true blood yeah. it's usually the first one is ah uh, yes everyone's everyone's favorite dlc that i'm sure there won't be tons and tons of complaining about but hey at least it's free if you own the prior one so yeah it's a nice thing at least you yeah know? at least it's it's free for that but yeah um so uh 
We've been able to showcase the two legendary lords for Grand Cafe now. I uh, love Cafe. I love it. Like, yeah, honestly, of the, of, the, of the three races we've played so far, I don't know how, but Cathay's my favorite. I, um, I think they were cool. Obviously, I'm trying to make sure that it's, like, you know, like, uh, keeping with the constraints on the embargoes and so on. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the tough tub when, when trying to talk about something, but we they have to be careful. Uh, yeah, I, man, I just, really I, I, just, I just love the halfling ninth. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why people seem to like there was a genuine forum post at one point going, No, it's definitely a halfling. It's like, dude, the forum, the forum, listen, listen, everyone on the forums is an idiot, just like everyone, everyone that speculates is an idiot, which is why it's so fun. It's because yeah. we're all idiots together, but we're yeah. idiots. Like, <laughs> let's go, let's get that on the page. Yeah, no, like, I, I've speculated and people have called me out. It's like, No, I, I'm just, I like speculating because this is what we do. Um, but like, uh, like, don't get me wrong, I would love a Halfling Lord at some point, because I think it would be kind of hilarious. I need a Hot Pot cannon. Like, yeah. a, a catapult. I need the Hot Pot. I really want Kathleen, man. I want the soup tank. Yeah. Uh, anyway. so bad. Uh, so, so um, I'll let you go first. What, what, yeah. How has your experience been with Grand Cafe? So, I thought that uh, playing as Miao Ying was uh, a lot... Uh, a lot more aggressive than I expected because obviously you've got those uh, those uh, rogue armies spawning in and it is a great way to power level characters, that's for sure, mm -hmm. whilst also giving you urgency. Uh, playing as Dragon Bro is a bit more chill but it allows you to focus on doing various different things, like uh, at one point I was, I just decided yeah, I'm going to go attack the Mantis of Morn at another point, which I showcased in my videos, I you know what? I'm just going to attack every cafe and faction and take cafe for myself because everyone treats him like like he's some sort of weirdo. So like you, you the thought, weirdos fight back. You thought I was the the weird quiet kid? Well, I'll show you. Pulls out weapons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, I thought he was quite interesting. The uh, the, the 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 way cafe's been done is kind of how we've always because obviously us being old guard in the tabletop, we've had expectations. You know, mm -hmm. on how yeah. this is going to work, how the law is going to work, and I think they did it. They did a good interpretation. Obviously, they they GW's involved and so on because they made the army book, but like, it's still Warhammery, which I think yeah. is important. Hey, I was I was super thrilled with the Shinzu re reveal. So that's mm. we have six Dragon Kid names now. Yeah, there's, there's only three Mystery Kids, and we know mm. where. We know where one of them is at least, which is the Death Dragon being in the underworld. So yeah. th there's only there's only two kiddos that we don't know 100% where they are, um, and, which, which is pretty and good. And they pushed with the uh, the edicts, the commandments. Uh, five of the Dragonkin are in the commandments in a sense. Yeah, so yeah, the, the the big five that are still all active and around. Um, yeah, but um, but I I gotta say I have I've been loving Cathay, and I think it's because it fits my play style so nicely. I tend to be someone that builds tall rather than wide. So, like, I really like Miao Ying because I'm able to just, like, I, like, my goal is to just take the Great Bastion or the Grand Bastion and build it up as big as I can while just defending it and getting lots of level. It's kind of, it's very similar to playing dwarfs, to be honest. Um, where yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're honestly focused on taking a very limited amount of territory 
if you're playing Miao Ying and just defending it. But it's much more aggressive than dwarfs because mm. you can't you can't just wait for them to come to you and then like mm. underway out and like take key points, which is what typically what dwarven gameplay tends to revolve around. Because this yeah. one is that you are constantly under attack and you have to deal with it. Because yeah. if the wall gets really, really bad, then like you just like it, it starts you start getting attacked by just an obscene amount of armies. Yeah. Um, so you are constantly having to venture out of the wall to go punch those chaos armies in the face. Um, mm. But I I was shocked how much I've been loving it. Um, and I, I think it's just because, like, I have always really enjoyed, like, it, going back to Shogun 2, my favorite gameplay in Shogun 2 was playing the, the Black Powder fact or the faction that, like, really focuses on artillery and taking like an assload of cannons and catapults and just like showing up to somebody's settlement and just like obliterating everything and like not even sending my army until like 30 minutes later after I'm out of ammunition. And Cathay is great for that. Where you, yeah. you could just take a shit ton of black powder through your, your oxen pulled cannons, um, both variants, and then like your crane gunners and your blimps and everything. And you just blow the hell out of the enemy in a siege. Um, and then once there's barely anything left, you're like, all right, send in the, you know, the celestial dragon guard or send in the Jade warriors to mop it up. Um, and it's great. Like, uh, the, the dragon kids are very, very fun characters. Um, yeah. like, and I think they did a very good job of making it a genuine dilemma on whether I should be like dragon form or human form, uh, in any given moment. Cause like yeah. when I'm human form, my troops are much, much more buffed because they make your harmony buffs go up they add a multiplier to your harmony buffs. So like, if you like know you're going into a really nasty um, situation, uh, you might want to stay human because um, it's going to make your like melee defense a lot higher and your range troops are going to be shooting faster and your leadership is much higher. Um, also, you have way more spells. I do like that they let you keep some spells in dragon form, but the only spells you can use in dragon form are yin and yang spells. Whereas in human form, uh, Miao Ying then has access to her life spells and Zhao Ming has access to his metal spells. Um, and then of course they have access to specific buffs. So like both of them have buffs they can hand out, but only in human form. Um, Miao Ying has, but like they're very, very good. And of course someone in chat brought this up. The, the stacking magic buff for Cathay is insane. Where if you have enough Cathayan wizards in an army they increase the damage of their spells. It doesn't make like your buff spells any better. So like if you use like regrowth on someone, to my knowledge, it doesn't heal you any more than it already would if you have multiple wizards. And if you have a if you have like a metal spell that buffs your armor, it doesn't increase how much the armor is buffed. But if you have a damage spell, it gets buff. <laughs> like uh, I think I don't know how high the percentage is, uh, but you can get like if you're running like a whooshing war compass and then like multi it, it, this game did a brilliant job of making it where running multiple wizards in an army is not only viable but just great like even if you're not playing Cathay because they have that explicit buff when I was playing um uh when I was playing uh the undivided like I still found myself stacking wizards because like arcane conduit is now just a generic passive that just allows you to pull your winds of magic out faster 
So, like, if you have multiple guys with running all these buffs to get your Winds of Magic as fast as possible, it just means you get to use a lot more spells. Um, and I, I, I've been genuinely, like, bonkers. Uh, oh, uh, chat is saying that you can actually boost up the buffs from Turin Stream. Apparently, they oh, managed can? to get one to 200%. Uh, uh, whoa, 200%. Okay, wow. Spooky. I, I know yeah. that I know there's some spells it doesn't work on. I, I'm not sure which ones, but uh, at least that's what CA told us in a meeting. I don't I don't maybe they changed it, I don't know. Um They they changed some stuff about letting the snow. Like for example, the blood hosts originally weren't supposed to have upkeep. Hmm. Which to be fair needed the upkeep. Yeah, um honestly, yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, the the I think they even told the like the wider community that too in the corn post was that they didn't have upkeep. And playing it, like, whole, that would have been way too much. <laughs> that yeah, would have been definitely. way too much. Because um, corn, like, honestly, with corn, you're probably going to be running in a negative most of the time, and you won't care. <laughs> yeah. Because you make so much money off killing people. Um, and blood hosts can summon more blood hosts that summon more blood hosts that summon more blood hosts that summon more blood hosts. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, 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 and they do have, they did add in a lot of the, uh, the obviously they haven't, added anything to the tech tree but they did alter a lot of the tech so in addition to their original effects they also give you reduced upkeep on a blood host yeah. and a blood host can get reduced upkeep through their meter by getting in lots of fights and they just base i think have 50 percent reduced upkeep so like mm. you can get them down to being free by winning lots of fights with them and having techs um yeah. which is good like you can get free blood host but they have to earn it and it's probably going to be later in your campaign because uh, you're absolutely right. If they had left it the way it was, like, Korn's campaign would have been a joke. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Uh, but, yeah, I love Cathay. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I've done rambling about it. They're, I find them very fun. I think if you're someone that likes playing defensive or you mm -hmm. like building, like, doom stacks <clears throat> and then, like, really focusing on, like, a smaller amount of territory rather than expanding very aggressively, you're going to love mm -hmm. Cathay. So, uh, ooh, I've got a cool topic. Uh, I'm not sure if it's popped up for you, but it did for me for during my Scarbrand campaign. A mention of Zuvasin. The Chaos God of Unbelief. Really? Yeah, uh, it mentions uh, a minor Chaos God, and it mentions him. It mentions Zuvasin. Uh, it was pretty interesting, because obviously that then validates the, ex the existence of... Um, of the minor chaos gods, because we always knew they were there. Games Workshop themselves have been trying to bring them back, especially like, of course, in AOS, the Shroud of the Doubter, and so on. So uh, I was really shocked. I was there, and I actually, I, I, I was it was it, it like on an item, or was it like a tooltip? Uh, it was one of those uh, dilemmas. It was one of those dilemmas where literally, I'm gonna try see if I can find it. If anyone knows exactly, yeah, I, I haven't seen that at all in any of my playthroughs. Yeah, so uh, I'm just gonna go quickly. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if this confirms there'll be a like a Malal cameo, in like a I'll dilemma hope or something. So. Because it, it was it was so impressive because I just wasn't expecting that whatsoever, and th this was just like it was something along the lines. I'm just scrolling through my <laughs> video now. Wow, someone in chat asking the really important questions: Is Sirtha Ek in Total War Warhammer Three? I think he is. I think um, so, yeah. I'm pretty sure he is. I mean, come on! What, it can't you can't have a total war game and not have Sirtha Ek. That would like you might as well just not call it Warhammer at that point. Yeah, like he, he's become such. I, I think at this point, the Creative Assembly, if they're going to make a new legendary lord, they should just make him. Like, like 
because I was, he, I, I I would love him to really uh, to get some like cute gimmicks. I I still think they should give him an Ice Wolf chariot to make him really stand out. Like that would be that would be a really nice chariot upgrade. Not to mention give him like frostbite attacks. Maybe like have the dude on his chariot throw axes so he has ranged weapons. Like that'd be cool. I like that. Sertha Ag is the secret tenth legendary lord. <laughs> he's he's become such a fan favorite just because of broken AI. Yeah, it's amazing. He, I, I like that he became a fan favorite by basically terrorizing the community. Like it it was literally a Stockholm syndrome situation where he was such a nightmare to the community that he just like abused them until they fell in love with him <laughs> with his chair with his like all mammoth or all chariot builds <laughs> depending on which game you were playing <laughs> gotta find this i think i'm close god i hate when i remember something i just can't remember where, where it is in the video you want a chariot themed campaign called the fast and the curious that sounds like like a really weird and very unfortunately specific like porno title, not, <laughs> not yeah. a chariot campaign. <laughs> oh, like why? I don't I don't need I don't I don't I don't want the anything in the curious near me in a in a Warhammer scenario. That's when that's when that's when Slanesh starts to creep in. Must be here. It was it Scott Randall was it Godslayer? Uh well when you find it just throw it up on Twitter and I'll retweet it and uh we can talk about it later. Um, so, uh, we are pretty much coming up to the end of our time, unfortunately. Um, cause there are, unfortunately, other things. oh, you found, found it? it? Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Throw it up in, uh, so, Discord if you can. Or just, yeah, like, screenshot just... it or something. Uh, well, I can read it. It's just very small. I'll send it to you now, cause obviously I've got everything going here and I don't want anything from our chat to show up there, cause I don't That's know fair. how to work it. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, <laughs> But it's here, it's, it's the, the dilemma is actually called the Undoer. One of your wilder-eyed cultists claims to have communed with a lesser chaos god, Zuvasin, the Undoer, as he is known, is uh, desirous to uh, disrupt the age-old balance of ruinous power and sees your rise as a means to achieving this. Thus, you may choose a blessing. And that was just, for me, was... That's awesome. Whoa. There, oh, man, there are a couple of other dilemmas, but we can't talk about them yet because they show up in the other factions we're not allowed to talk about. There are some, yeah. there are some really cool nods to like various lore things uh, hmm. in the campaigns, and I'm, I'm so excited to talk about a lot of them, but we can't <laughs> yet. Um, but anyway, um, I, I, I think we're pretty much out of time. Um, uh, I don't know if there's any last little thing you wanted to hit, but I, I think we covered like a, most of the major beats. To those people asking, uh, it was from one of my videos. I just can't remember which one, but I've got it there with my full. Like, I do not, like, name stuff. I know it's in the video because it's, like, it's in a folder called first, uh, what was it? You should, you should screenshot it and put it up on Twitter. Um, that way yeah, people, yeah. people can see it. I'll put it on because I know it was in one of the videos. But, yeah, that, it's, it's an important thing for us because I don't think that character, that god has been mentioned since 90 six a long time like that's that when you said the name i had no idea who you were talking about until you read their title yeah um, it's just super weird so like i i was a bit like thrown off but other than that i mean uh so far we've seen what four factions um there, there's been a lot there's been a lot and there's obviously more to come obviously uh the uh our schedules have already been put out there and so on so like people know what's coming next and that's yep. coming soon four down uh, five to go 
so yeah there's um th there's a lot there's a lot um I, I as a warhammer fan obviously this is cool um it, it's a bit uh we're, we're near the end of this trilogy which is bizarre to think well uh, kind of <laughs> well, well yeah. yeah we're at the beginning of the end but yeah yeah because obviously they, they've got to uh they've got to they've got to milk this as dlc man like as much as freaking yes possible. i need them to milk it as i i want this thing milked until it is like dried up and chafe <laughs> yeah. just go all in i'll i don't care how much it costs just do it exactly you yeah, know like i think so far it, it's it, it's exciting obviously like uh have you been able to check out much of the minor settlements and so on since the uh uh yes i've also checked out some of the other i i, I think you put up a video about it but i've also checked out a lot of the other races dude the yeah. lizardman major cities oh my god oh yeah they look cool don't they yeah they the the, cool. the dragon isles map just oof. there's uh the, the skaven ones look like straight out of a vermintide map you know it looks pretty yeah interesting. I, I can't wait for the combined map like I, i'm loving mm. the third game and for for reference for anyone that's curious i've already put in i think 70 hours and i i've barely made progress like i still haven't even touched like two or three of the campaigns mm. um like this game is huge it's a big game it is really big and obviously when cross-faction, uh, cross-game DLC comes into effect and so on, I think it's going to be a lot bigger. Mm. Uh, but we're already seeing stuff. I mean, I showed off 60 minor, minor major settlements. And, like, did you see the Null one? Null was huge, man, like... Yes, yes. Like, fucking massive. Yeah, they, they've done a good job. Well, it, it, it kind of honestly looks like they looked at the, the, the what, GBBM map the the yeah. the guys that made all the custom maps for all the different settlements they were like oh so that's what people want and they literally just like made their own version of that um i hope that this means that the ai being able to work with this because obviously there's a few settlements that we repeat I, I, the ai has been very good for me at least in mm. sieges like it yeah. it knows how to defend it's very dangerous when attacking like if it can sneak by me to get to my um like capital capture point mm. it will um mm. it it like and it it always attacks from pretty much every angle um yeah. like just a whole bunch of other stuff like it is it is it is nasty one concern i've got obviously is because uh yeah you know maps will get reused and so on and eventually we, when we see like a world map or whatever you know or a combined map or whatever you know like my, my concern is if we get too many repeated settlements we'll say for example like the modders from gccm will they be able to make maps and the ai will still work as it's doing oh, now th that's a great question i i assume so but yeah we won't uh man dude modders i i can't imagine the raging hard-ons that modders have these days with everything they're saying yeah. <laughs> sorry like, for the crude I, I, description but <laughs> yeah no i speak to a few modders uh because obviously uh you know they're 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 fans of the series too they've seen our videos that we've been posting our streams and so on and they seem quite excited, which is a good thing, because obviously Total War modding is so important. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people might not like it, but like, yeah. Hey, man, it's the man. only way the game has longevity. Exactly. Mods. So I hope they'll be able to keep making settlements. Plus, the guys from GCCM have made some stunning fucking maps. Yeah, man. They have. They're, they are incredibly gifted. Um, if they can make it work, that this as it is now... Well, at the very least, they're going to have a lot more new tools, and it, there's mm. no way it won't. It, there's no way it won't be better. It's yeah. going to be better than it was. So, 
but definitely. that's our time uh yeah. thank you so much everyone for joining us nathan you got any uh closing words for our peeps out there um more more than anything guys i know you're excited to find out more and so on just be patient you know there's you guys know the embargo dates at this point it's it's not it's not long now yeah that's, believe me yeah he's not wrong um i'm not we're, it, it, we're not gonna say it but if you if you've looked you you know <laughs> like yeah. you probably know a lot about the game that we can't talk to you about to be honest <laughs> because if there's one thing ca ca would make a horrible vessel on the ocean because that motherfucker's got leaks everywhere <laughs> So uh, I like to spend a lot of time on the Total War Discord because, you know, they're what? They're cool people and they're all fans and so on. And I understand you guys are excited, but don't ask me, say, about something that I can't talk about yet or something that isn't about to come out yet. Uh, there's there's a lot coming. There's a lot coming, my friends. I promise you, like myself, Sotek, and so many cool creators, they're, they're working hard, guys. Like, there's a lot of stuff happening and we're tired. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and like, tired. and like, honestly, a lot of the best stuff is still to come, which I know sounds insane, but yeah. that's just how insane this game is. Anyway, we gotta go because the more we yeah. do this, the more we're probably gonna like give hints that we shouldn't. So, uh, yeah. thank you all so much for watching. We hope you had fun. Um, just a reminder for anyone that's gonna be doing Tale of Two Gamers uh, or just wants to send us painted stuff, we much prefer if you could send it over Twitter using the hashtag Lorebeards. It makes it a lot easier on us. But if you just if you just can't because like your dad was like just like you lost your great grandfather to Twitter somehow and like you have a personal vendetta against it, uh, you can post it. Uh, we have a relevant section on both of our discords that you can post it um, and we will look through those for uh, next week's episode because we know we have a backlog when you get caught up. Uh, but if you are participating in Tale of Two Gamers, which I highly encourage, uh, whether you're just new to the hobby, we love to see new painters. Um so feel free to pop by your local hobby store. It doesn't even have to be a Games Workshop Mini, by the way. It could be a Reaper Mini. It could be a D&D Mini. It could be whatever you want. Um, but uh, the the theme for next time will be characters. Um, so I know I'm going to try and finish a Night Haunt, which I probably will fail, but I'm going to try. <laughs> so thank you all so much for watching. That's going to be it for us. Um, Nathan, you got any big, uh, big news coming up or like any major videos or streams for this upcoming week? uh well next week uh well this wait wait is it sunday still yes. it, it, it is uh, sunday yes <laughs> we've been streaming for a while but not that long <laughs> <laughs> there's some new chaos factions that we get to show off obviously my schedule's already out there so that's all cool and uh march is the return of battle reports there's two already in the bank recorded nice so really happy about that uh what about you um for anyone curious uh i i have a prior engagement here at um in about 40 minutes that i have to take care of but after that so probably somewhere around like 5 p.m central standard time or something uh i should be i will be streaming uh some total war warhammer 3 today um so if you want to catch that make sure you're following me on twitter or on my discord and so you'll know when i go live um i think we'll be continuing our Zalming campaign um or something like that i don't know Oh, well, actually, we got we got that new build, so I might have to, like, start over. But uh, in any event, <laughs> thank you all for watching. We'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place next week. Thanks for watching, guys. Yeah. Bye. See you, guys.